0: Well, good afternoon everyone and welcome to another edition of Overtime and pretend that I did not just hit record only and was really confused when we didn't show up online. So that didn't just happen. Because we're going to make sure that that doesn't show up. But anyway, we are glad that you are here. My name is Ben. This is Molly. Pretty excited Molly's joining us today and kind of asking some questions. We'll just get into kind of a dialogue, a little bit deeper discussion about what we talked about on Sunday. So she's going to introduce herself really quick. She's not nervous at all. She told me that. So she's pretty confident. So we are glad that you are here. Um, If this is one of your first few times joining us, where have you been? We're at like episode 106. So I'm just kidding. If this is one of your first few times with us, this is where, like I said, we do a deeper dive into the weekend message. But before we get to kind of the content of that, we always like to give you kind of an an announcement. Hey, there we go. Just showed up online. So we're doing it right this time. Um, We want to let you know that this coming Sunday, as we're recording this, this is November 9th. On November 14th, all of the Christmas shoe boxes that we've been giving out from our church are due back here at the church. So, all this week, you can drop off your filled Christmas shoe boxes. This is Operation, um, or it's Operation Christmas Child by Samaritan's Purse, and you can fill them up. Hopefully, you've already received them, but by this Sunday, we need to have all of them back to make sure that they get to where they're supposed to go. So, if you took one of those shoe boxes, we would love for you to return that back. Anytime this week, the Big you Mug is open from 7 to 12 daily. If you are interested in doing that, you can pretty much, the church is open from 7 a.m. till about 8 p.m. almost every single night. So if you want to do that, you can just drop it off in the strategic partners area. Also, with that, there are two different events that are happening um, right now. One of them is kind of an online event with El Centro. The other one is an event that is happening this coming Saturday. So if you are interested in finding more information about that, Lighthouse Youth Center is doing like their, their um, uh, auction on this Saturday. You can find more information at News. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. And then also El Centro's, like I said, it's an online. I think if you donate a certain amount, you get candles and stuff like that. So we'd love for you to check that out. So... That's kind of all the announcements that we have. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself? You've been quiet.
1: So I'm Molly Masterpolito. You guys have probably seen me and my family running around here. Um, I'm not running. The kids usually are. <laughs> You're welcome to say, hey, will we use our walking feet. Um, we're all a family here. So it takes a village, guys. Um, but no, I'm really excited to do overtime. Um, it's not something that I normally do as I am the pastor's executive assistant. Um, and right now, while we're hanging tight for waiting for a new one, I'm just kind of helping out and yeah. like just being part of everything here so i'm excited to do this here with ben tonight
0: well and i really appreciate it too because um it feels a little bit awkward like hey can you interview me can you ask me questions about my message um but i really do feel like the conversation i love the long podcast forum of just being able to discuss because even though the content may be similar to what we talked about the way that it comes out i think is is really beneficial Mm -hmm. and that's really what we're hoping for you is that it is beneficial to you as well that maybe Uh, It goes a little bit deeper than what you're used to, or if you have questions, like that's kind of the whole reason of why we started this, that we could go a little bit deeper. If you have questions, you can ask them. I don't see any online questions today, but that also isn't counting anybody that watches us live. So just as a reminder, if you are watching this live, you can submit your questions through any of our four different platforms. So if you go to our online channel, clcfamily.church, you click the watch live tab, it'll bring you up to our platform. You can just type into the checks. Uh, Checks the text box there. Also at this point, we are also online on Facebook, on Twitch, and also on YouTube. So any one of those, if you go to it, you type in a question, we'll be able to see it and uh, love to have any of your questions as we just kind of discuss. Uh, Luke chapter 16 verses 14 through 18. So um, yeah so I'll just kind of give you a recap where we were at this past week. We were wrapping up actually our parables series and we're kind of wrapping it up although next week we'll also be talking about parables. So the end of our parables series was Sunday and this coming Sunday we're doing parables kind of. That's literally the name of the series that we're doing because it's kind of parables, but it's also just kind of teachings of Jesus. So we'll spend a few weeks in that before we jump into our Christmas uh, Christmas checklist series that will start on the beginning of the first week of December. So join us for that. It's a lot of fun. But basically, oh, thanks. OK, just saw your post, man. Thanks for sending a question. We will... Uh, take a look at that in just a moment. So basically, uh, we are going to be jumping into that series. This week, we just wrapped up that parables and we kind of paused it in the middle of chapter 16. So if you look at week seven of parables, basically there was this parable of what's called the shrewd manager. It's for me, it's a little bit it was a little bit of a confusing parable to see what was actually being taught about in that. I don't want to really dive deep into that because that was the week that Gary was preaching. You can check out that series as well as that overtime if you're interested in that. But basically this week, that was almost a continuation. So what we saw in the beginning of chapter 16 is that Jesus is talking primarily to his disciples. But when we get to verse 14 of that chapter 16 that's when the Pharisees kind of show up, that they're either within earshot or maybe Jesus is discussing this in front of them as well. But they start to scoff at what Jesus is actually teaching his disciples there. So we basically work through that. And at first, it kind of looks like there's three completely different like topics. Like he talks about money, and then he talks about the law and the prophets, and then he talks about marriage. But really what Jesus was doing was kind of the law was what they were justifying themselves with. So they were saying that they were good, they were scoffing at Jesus kind of going, this man doesn't know what he's talking about. Jesus blesses those who follow the law so well, even though we know that not to be really true. And they were using the law to justify themselves when the law actually condemned them. So that's why Jesus pulls in the law and the prophets. And he talks about that and how Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And then he uses another example of the way that they were viewing marriage. So that was kind of the three different things that it just, it was five verses. But I felt like there was a lot of stuff to work through and to talk through that it just kind of, took a little bit of time to, to go around the barn. And then whenever you're talking about finances in church, it is always a hot topic, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's one that Jesus talked a lot about finances, but I would argue that he talked even more about the kingdom of heaven and salvation. And the point most of the time is that Jesus was using finances and money as an illustration because it's what gets our attention. Mm-hmm. So Jesus talked about, yes, money a lot. But I think Far more than that, he talked about salvation in the kingdom of God. And so that's what we kind of spent a little bit of time doing. It wasn't really a message entirely focused on finances, although it could have been. Um <laughs> or it could have been entirely focused on divorce, but that was another fun topic that we could have covered.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> there was a lot
0: going on there. And I was as I was preparing, I'm like, should I talk more about marriage? Should I talk more or divorce specifically? Or should I talk about money? And I'm not sure. And I just felt like as I looked at the passage, it just seemed like Jesus, again, s- the middle of this chapter 16 is kind of wrapped in in between these two parables, really talking about finances and the impact that it has. So, um, yeah, excited for that. Christian will be sharing in week 16. This is a what really random question, yeah, and please. it may
1: sound silly, but were the Pharisees, they were not married people, were they?
0: Ooh, no, I believe that they were able to be married. That's a great question. Molly. Huh. I'm going to look that up. Right now, I believe that they were able to be.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of that because, I mean, with marriage in that. You know, how does that apply to them if they weren't able to be married?
0: Is is are, is what you're saying? They had all this wealth because they weren't married. Is that your thought? <laughs> hey, is that, is, that, that is
1: not a bad point, Ben. <laughs> that uh, That is not a bad point. Um, families and kids do cost a lot. <laughs>
0: Alright, so that's talking about Paul, but that's not what I'm looking for. I, I believe that they I were I stumped him, guys. Yeah, so look got at that. that. <laughs> that's I'm I gotta make sure.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, they I'm pretty sure that they were able, especially okay. as we're we're talking about it. Like so their views on marriage and divorce they found it okay to be able to just, basically if they wanted to get rid of their wife, they could just write a letter of divorce. So so as even I'm thinking about it, so the past of that is that it was the tribe of Levi. The Levites were the ones that were kind of into the priestly service and there was never any law forbidding them from marrying. So Mm. I would assume that the majority of them were married. Uh So they were able to be married, but it is an interesting thought. Maybe that's why they were so rich. (laughs) They didn't have children and wives to spend money. <laughs> That's not what you were going for. But yeah, um, yeah. so I feel like as we go through this, I could either go kind of verse by verse or however you want to do this. So if you've got questions, I know that you wrote some down. Do you want to bring some of those up or how would you like to do that, Molly?
1: Let's start going through the verses okay. and then I'm, my notes are pretty much in order with some of the verses. Sure. So we'll great.
0: Chat more great. About that. So then we are going to pull that up right now. Um, On our online platform, it's pretty nice. You can actually pull that up while you're actually listening to us and you can still use the chat feature. Um, 16, I did use the NIV, or excuse me, the ESV version. Um, It's Just my preferred version, which stands for the, um, ESV is the English Standard Version. And I'm pulling that up right there. Um, It's just a little bit more literal word for word interpretation of the Bible versus the NIV is more thought for thought. So um, there's no real wrong you know interpretation like ESV, NIV, uh, TEV, whatever you want to use like you you are welcome to use. Um, But for me as I'm speaking and communicating I very much want to see what that word specifically meant. So let's go ahead we'll pull it up. Um, on Sunday, I did read the last verse of the previous week's message, so because I think that tied in so importantly. So in 16, I'll just take it again from 13, but 14 is where we'll start our text for this week. So Jesus said one of the last things, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So that was how he kind of ended his teaching and his discussion, this parable of the shrewd manager with his disciples. Then we get to verse 14 and it says this, it says the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all of these things and they ridiculed him. And I'll even pause there. That that ridiculed I'm pretty sure that I talked about it on Sundays, literally like to to the two words that it comes from is to like blow out. And like the the idea is the expelling of mucus. So I was curious, is this where we get the the phrase like somebody, you know, they blew me off like Mm. it could possibly be. I tried to look that up and try and make that (laughs) connection. But the like the phrase like blowing off someone. I think it. My search, which was just very limited, it ended in like the 1900s. So it's possible that this is where we get the phrase "they blew them off." But there was contempt there. They were, uh, they they despised. They were arrogantly kind of scoffing Jesus. That this was this was a teaching that was beneath them. That really, what we see is that even their response to it kind of reveals that that there was something off there. That God was was doing something and their actions and their attitudes revealed that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So any questions on 14 there specifically or should I keep going?
1: I I just I mean, I just was picturing like for me when I was hearing that, I was just picturing of trying to relate it to nowadays and like just clicks and people, and you know, that kind of whenever you're sharing something, there's just always somebody that you feel like is just like better than you or knows it. and then for Jesus to be just, like, calm and just still continue to teach was yeah. it's just Well,
0: cool. I, I said this as well, but I'm so curious to see what Jesus was actually, like, what was his attitude and his tone? Because my tone would have been, like, <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Like, I, w- I, w- yeah. I would have been ready for, the like, the fight, the yeah. throwdown. But I'm so curious to see how Jesus actually would have responded. Like, because on some level, he's bringing it up again and again and again. And we see so many different clashes with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm that I think it's truly out of love and compassion that Jesus wants them to see it yet what we also see is that Jesus does not back down from the truth like he is speaking the truth and it's a hard truth so he is not afraid to to kind of say what he means and to to mean what he says so mm-hmm. I I so wish I could see that balance. Like as we read scripture, I think we interpret kind of the way that we read it and what we think. And for me, I interpret my emotions into it. But man, I'm so curious how Jesus was actually talking to them.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, from mom perspective, (laughs) it's like you kind of start talking a little louder, but you're still nice. You're still trying to get them to drop the hands. You're making the eye contact. (laughs) You know, and uh, complimenting kids that are or people that are listening. Hopefully they would want that. But that had to be hard, though, because I know like if my kids personally aren't listening to me and they're um, trying to talk to them and they're not paying attention, I get frustrated for sure. So I can see where you take, you know, gosh, I wish I could be like more calm and patient about teaching such a valuable lesson <laughs> right. might go further <laughs> than not
0: <laughs> yeah so i i man i just so wish and i i too like i said i would have been like the serious voice would have yeah. come out like right away because yeah. And I don't know, like, are these the same Pharisees? Are they following Jesus in his ministry, like from yeah. town to town as he travels? Are they different? Because uh, one of the, the things that I remember Josh saying is that there's only about 6,000 Pharisees. Okay. But when we read through scripture, it seems like there's Pharisees everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just because the Jewish population, obviously there was Pharisees around the Jewish populations. So Jesus is traveling to Jewish yeah. populations. And it's just kind of a good diversity. But man, it just feels like they are the, the enemy mm-hmm. of Jesus. That's what it feels like, the opposition. Yeah. Yet Jesus in his dealings, like he cares and loves for his people, for mm-hmm. all of the nation of Israel, and ultimately for all of us as well. But yeah, I've, I'm just curious how Jesus responded to that. So uh, I'll continue on to verse 15. So Jesus is says this teaching, talks about the shrewd manager, they scoff, and then Jesus calls them out on it. Verse 15, it says, and he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So again, here's Jesus just kind of laying it out there, like not not changing words, not like being gentle and like, hey, you might have missed it. It's going, no, no, no. What you exalt, God God abhors, like it is terrible. It is the literal word there. Let me get it right. Like it's literal, a stench uh, in his mouth. The Greek word for abomination is from two other Greek words, meaning to reek with stench and properly that which emits a foul odor and hence is disgustingly abhorrent. So Jesus uses some harsh language here so that they understand how they're missing it. Like Mm -hmm. what you value, God does not and we talked about this as well the reason why that they would have thought that uh, you know what Jesus was teaching about was silly was because they believed that any time that somebody had wealth possessions lots of sons and daughters like big family like all of that um, it meant that God's blessing was upon them right like that it was because they did such a good job of following the law and to make an illustration of that today like that's it's like kind of saying that um, God loves and and um honors cartel drug members because they make so much money like it we wouldn't actually make that argument because that's not true right like the way by the means by which they make their money is not lawful and it's not something that would honor God so to say that God blesses drug cartels because they're so wealthy is just inaccurate it's wrong And so that's what these Pharisees were doing, kind of making claims of going, well, I follow the law so well that God blesses me. And also the reverse of that. If you don't have blessings, if you don't have wealth, if you don't have finances, if you don't have children, you don't have livestock, well, it's because you do such a terrible job at following the law which just isn't true
1: yeah yeah and it makes me like think that like, nowadays i think that people do that to other people sometimes sure, absolutely. i mean just like even kids in school like with yeah. what kind of sneakers you have and yeah. all this stuff and like so you get judged based off of money um but really like it, that none of that matters yeah. it really doesn't so right. it's actually like they think that they have something but they're not doing the right thing with it
0: right 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 so So God is ultimately what he's doing is he's correcting and he's trying to teach as we looked at this parable last week. God is trying to teach how we should use our finances, how we should re- use our resources and possessions. And, and I just don't want to, it doesn't just apply to wealth. I think that when we talk about our resources, that's the first thing that we all think of. But resources also is is time and possessions, the thing you own, the stuff that you have. Jesus is really saying from that parable of the shrewd manager is that you need to use what you have as a resource and as a tool to bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ ultimately mm-hmm. to find blessing and to be generous to be to give of what you have and so that when you one day enter into eternity that you can be greeted by your friends basically that I think that was verse 9 of chapter of of chapter 16 so that's what Jesus is telling his disciples to do with finances to use it as a tool and that's why in this parable of the shrewd manager the manager or the the master actually applauds the manager because that manager used the the money the oil the debt that was incurred to the master he used it as a means to find favor for himself so it was using that as a tool and that's where the the master applauds the manager and so Jesus is telling the disciples to do the same thing so that's kind of the, the point very quickly without kind of spending 30 minutes trying to unpack all that that is the point of that and then the Pharisees are just going no, that's not it. That's not right at all. And so Jesus continues on. So, uh, that's any other thoughts there? Um, yeah,
1: I I think that um, the thought of.
0: Yeah, um, no, we'll we'll continue on. Not a big deal. Um, so so moving on to sixteen, and this is where. When I first kind of looked at the text I was really perplexed and confused like honestly when I first looked at it I was going I don't know what I'm supposed to preach like I don't know the point that Jesus is making and so I spent a good amount of time in commentaries trying to read how do these verses that seem to not really connect connect and ultimately what the what they were saying what I hope I kind of communicated well and that actually is a the question from uh, one of our viewers today so it says this sorry but I never got it why did those uh those uh, uh those verses dealing with heart issues um despite despair what I, why those verses dealing with heart issues the kingdom the law and divorce were tucked between the parables of the shrewd manager and Lazarus and the rich man. I I think really all of this, similar to chapter 15, where 15 kind of Jesus' response of these three parables are in response to the Pharisees, right? Chapter 16, I think, is very much similar. So Jesus starts by teaching about chapter 16, how we should use and view finances. Opposition kind of hits in the middle, and then ultimately, Jesus and, and Christian's going to be doing more study and unpacking that this week about kind of heaven and hell. So, this rich uh, Lazarus, um, Lazarus and the rich man, like we see this exchange that's kind of a weird exchange, but I think it's all Jesus kind of saying the same thing. It's it's in response to the teaching of how to deal with money, the response to it, and then also recognizing that if if basically the the long story short of, of Lazarus is that a poor man and a rich man die, right? Like, and I don't want to give it away. So come out to Sunday. I promise Christian will do a better job of explaining it than what I'm about to do. But a poor and a rich man die. Lazarus is the poor man. The poor man enters into the kingdom of heaven, but the rich man dies and goes to Hades, I believe is what they refer to it in these verses. But he dies and goes to hell. And basically the rich man who had everything in life we'll, we'll use the right hands here the rich man who had everything in life now finds himself where he has nothing right like that he is in torment that he has missed eternity that he's missed what God has for him and he thought that he was probably making it because he was living life so well because he was so blessed and because he had all of this stuff yet when we see eternity the other side of it it's Lazarus this poor man who had nothing by the means of society the way that they would judge it's this poor man who enters into eternity and so this rich man is going let me go back and let me let me share with the, my family let them let me tell about him and kind of the way that that parable ends is that Jesus or, or this the story ends is that it's like if they didn't listen to the law and to the prophets they won't listen to you like and that's just where it ends so Christian again is going to do a better job of explaining that this week I know that he's working through it so I would let him be the official of communicator about that and we'll ask questions next (laughs) week about that. But yeah, these verses here I think are just a continuation of Jesus kind of making the same point about money. So even what we shared this week in 14 uh, verses 14 through 18, Jesus is illustrating with another parable. So here's a parable on how you should deal with your money. Here's the response of the Pharisees. And then Jesus is going, here's the parable to explain what I'm telling to the Pharisees about them not actually following the law and then missing it. So I don't know, LK, if that answers the questions you have. Um, Half the time, LK, I'll be honest, I think that you write in questions that you already have the answer to, um, but they're great conversation questions. So if that's not the case, I see that you're online with us now. Feel free to let us know your thoughts or any rebuttal to that or anything. But I think that's really what's happening in 16. It is kind of one entire chapter about Jesus talking about how we should use money as a resource. The Pharisees' response to it, which is negative. Jesus going, the law that you justify yourself with is what actually condemns you. But Jesus is going, I have come to fulfill the law. Every dot that is in the law, I have come to fulfill now, let me give you a story about missing it and spending eternity in hell or spending eternity in heaven, if you get it. So mm-hmm. I think that would be my argument on that. So
1: So uh, so I was looking up greed because sure. this is they're being yes. greedy. They're holding their thing. They're thinking right. that. So when I looked up greed, it said that greed can be hoarding, comparison, entitlement, and overspending.
0: Comparison's in there. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, can, I mean, this can you is say
0: what, the definition again? That's really well, good. Well, that's not the
1: definition. This oh, okay. is what it can be. Okay. okay. But the definition is intense and selfish desire for something, yeah. especially wealth, power, or food. Yeah. So, like, even food, I was like, oh, my gosh. In the <laughs> pandemic, I'm, like, grocery Ooh. shopping, order, like, Ooh. staying up at midnight trying to get the, the time to get yeah. the delivery. And I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh. Like, we did have enough in our yeah. fridge. So, in in my in my perspective, I was, like, this Sunday, I was like, oh, like I don't even have that much money. How can I be greedy mm. with money? Mm. But look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, man, sure. I definitely can overspend on things that don't really matter. Sure. I definitely feel entitled to a lot of things. I think we all do. I compare myself and I compare other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, we all try not to, but that's, yeah. it is what we do. Um, and even, like, the hoarding, I yeah. immediately thought of toilet paper. Yeah, I
0: was, I was uh, right there with you. I was yeah. like, we're all guilty. Yeah. Well, maybe not all. I couldn't find toilet paper for the longest <laughs> time. I was I was like, at one point, I was scared. Like, I was going to have to start knocking on neighbors. Yeah. I was like, hey, yeah. anybody got A?
1: And I w- didn't want the kind that was available because I am that I, entitled. I, I, I
0: wouldn't have taken anything. <laughs> I, was, I was about to collect leaves. That's how desperate <laughs> I got at one point. But anyway, sorry. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that is yeah true.
0: i think that that's yeah i think that comparison that that one there and i do think i feel like you just put that in perspective that it hits home for all of us because mm-hmm. even as you said that like i was out it was early in the pandemic um i don't i can't remember i don't think the toilet paper was like flying off the shelves or, or like couldn't stay on the shelves at this point but i remember getting a text from somebody that was concerned and i remember thinking I should probably pick up a few more extra things just in case. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I feel like then they sat in my freezer for a year. I know. Right. Like, and then it was, we were cleaning out and that was, and when I say freezer, I don't mean my one freezer because I only have one. I have two freezers. Yeah. So it's like I have my oh, yeah. normal fridge freezer combo in the kitchen, but then in the basement, I have another one. Uh-huh. So it, I had to clean out the one freezer. So it's like, wait a minute, look at all this food that we have. So we yeah. started to like work through that. But mm-hmm. man, that hits home on a, on a point of going, man, yeah. In that time, in that season, you could yeah. probably very much argue that uh, that was... That could have been greed. Like, Mm -hmm. what was my motivation behind that? Was it more considering me than others? And I think that that's, and that's why I talk about, I think greed is so, so difficult to see, Mm -hmm. right? Because we justify it by so many other different ways. Like, in that moment, what I would have said is that, no, I'm just trying to be prepared. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to have a few extra things. I'm not going overboard. And I do think that there is, you know, using wisdom and prudence. When you look at stories like Joseph, that comes to mind. Like Joseph stored up in a season that was like very prosperous because the uh, at that time he's in Egypt, like and this is going back to Genesis. So Joseph stores up because there was seven uh, like abundant years and then there were seven famine filled years. So he stores up so much that they would have something. So I think that there there is something to be prepared. But at the same time, if you're taking six things of toilet paper, yeah. like that might mm-hmm.
1: enter into the you area. You look three. in your deep freezer, and now I'm like, yeah. I got a lot of extra stuff here. Yeah, and after listening to the sermon, I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't have a bunch mm. of. I, I'm not going to go buy their dinner, but I can make someone their dinner with sure. the extra stuff. Sure. So there's other like yeah. ways to be giving. Cause I feel like it could be intimidating to someone that might be new and be like, Whoa, what? I have to, yeah. I have to give all of my money. I've worked so yeah, hard. Sure. Um, but I know that too though in the times that we have given money or given something of ours to someone, um, like you don't see the blessings right away, yeah. but like, I mean, sometimes you do, but yeah. it's like later down the road, even sometimes years later that you get that blessing yeah. and that wealth from God back. Um, yeah. So there is that blessing there.
0: I think that just when it comes to finances, there is so much that we think that we can't do. But I think the reality is, is if we were to pause and look at everything that we own, everything that we have, you know one or two things that you could do that Mm -hmm. you could start small. And what I'm not saying is that you sell the farm, right? Like that you do everything. (laughs) Even the the kind of the challenge for me this this week, for those of you like how to kind of the, to go towards the end and maybe I'm jumping around a bit. So sorry if that's a little bit ADD, that's just me. uh, like the end of, of going, how do we combat greed? How do we fight against that? And I was using the scripture verse in Matthew 6, 33. It says, um, store up, and let me just read it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So how do we combat greed in our life? I think, honestly, it's by practicing generosity. Mm-hmm. By giving away, you start to teach yourself this discipline of of self-denial. And in that... Generosity becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? Like to give away. Now you received a blessing and you were able to use what God has given you to bless others and you were a conduit of what God is doing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there's some excitement around that. So my challenge for everybody this past Sunday was going, hey, start with something. Like uh, for me, I said, start with paycheck. It's the easiest thing of going, it doesn't have to go for the ten percent tithe right away. Like, just pick a percentage that you would notice, not like half percent. We were like, right. ah, I spend that at, you know, yeah. at Seven Eleven anyway. Like, uh, yeah. I, like just something. Not that it's something that you would just notice and watch what happens internally. So it's it's it is about that giving away, but also it's about what happens internally because. I found myself just recently, like there was there was uh, somebody that I knew from college that they're missionaries to Guatemala. I already supported Guatemala, Guatemala missionary, and I we my wife and I were kind of discussing like we should we should support them as well. Like we're excited for that, mm-hmm. and I found in myself as like as I went to go support me making excuses like mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't know if I don't know exactly what their ministry is all about. Yeah. Like maybe I need to like and really what I realized is that it was just an excuse, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was because I know this person, I know their heart. It doesn't really matter the exact details of what I, whatever I was looking for in that moment. And I found myself kind of making excuses. And I think really it was greed kind of injecting itself going, Hey, well, you don't know this and you don't know that. So, so that's what really the practices that I was looking for you to do this week. If you are, wondering if if you're, you've got greed in your life, this is a great way to kind of self-identify if you do or don't and to put that into practice. Or if you do recognize you do have greed, it's a great practice to break that because you recognize and you see what's in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, even the conversations with your wife. Like or her husband, I say wife because in my example, I was literally thinking about the conversation that I would have with Hope. Like, yeah. how do I how do I have this conversation? Now, Hope is a very generous, loving, gracious person, probably more so than me. Yet yeah. I found myself making excuses in my conversation that I'm going to have with her of trying to justify like what we're doing. Like...
1: I justify yeah. <laughs> everything I buy that yeah. I didn't need. Well, all of us do, yeah. right? Like yeah.
0: we... And what's interesting is that we... <laughs> What we have so different than what the Bible people had is that they did not come home to six different Amazon packages sitting on their doorstep. (laughs) And
1: not know what's in it.
0: And not remember (laughs) what you ordered. But you're like, ooh, it's Christmas for me on a Tuesday. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't have that. It was a different area. but for us, there's such ease and convenience. And that's why I think that greed is such a blind spot for all of us. So that's my challenge, honestly, to, to look at that as an exercise and actually give money away. Because again, I don't care if it's 2%, 5%, 6%, 10%, whatever, make it something to where your heart, your mind, your thoughts, you're going to start to give excuses and to justify and just evaluate that. That's all that I want you to do. I do want you to give that money away because I think if you know back in the back of your mind that you're not giving the money away, (laughs) then you won't actually wrestle with that. Yeah, yeah. But so I want you to give that away. But as you do, look at what you're wrestling with. So that was kind of the action step.
1: So I was thinking like, okay, so now there was my task, right? There was my application. Oh, I'm just going to go give to give now. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like a good application, so you don't feel like you are just giving to give because there was a sermon on it. It's something that, first off, is going to grow you. Yes. And yeah. in the the first, it says, um, but first seek his kingdom. So yeah. for me, I'm like, okay, first, let's pray to God about it. Yeah, And say, hey, where are you wanting to use me and my money? And, the you know, the money that my husband and I went to work for early or stayed late and really... Yeah. Gave everything of us for But she
0: showed up for this random recording of overdying. I form. mean seriously,
1: it's like no, this is fun. I, there's no kids here with me right now. This is like not work. No, I love my kids. But um, yeah. So if
0: you see Molly here more often, we know why. Like oh yeah, here's Gary and Ben looking for child And Molly, care. Molly's here too. Come come on in, Molly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that would be a good application. If yeah. you're feeling like, where do I give? You know, there's yeah of course you can give to your church but there are yeah. awesome awesome places that need your help too yeah i i
0: would argue anywhere you want to mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. you want to like i don't for honestly as i'm talking through it it does matter like as a christian there's certain organiza- organizations that yeah. i personally wouldn't want to support and i'm sure that you have that as well but it doesn't matter Pick anywhere that you want it. You want to give to the YMCA. Give to the YMCA. You want to give to, um, of course, I can't think of any examples right now. Like wherever you want to give to, like you want to give to saving Mm -hmm. elephants. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like pick somewhere and watch what happens within you. Now, I do think that there is something that happens. My wife and I have a heart to to and for Guatemala. So we've spent some time there. I proposed to her in Guatemala. I've got friend okay. missionary friends there. So for us, there is a significance there of Guatemala. So mm-hmm. that does kind of attract us and go, man. That is something that we're drawn to. Yeah. So I think that there's even more of an excitement when you're drawn to it. But for this action step, man, anywhere it it doesn't matter anywhere that you want to. It's not about the church needing money to keep you know keep us paid and to keep the lights on. Like At this point, like, it's about you. Again, Jesus spoke so much about finances because it's what gets our attention.
1: Yeah.
0: So do something that will get your attention and watch what happens. Yeah. I hope I'm not parking on that too long, but I just feel like I, I didn't feel like on Sunday, I, I feel like as I got through my story about the dog exploding and like <laughs> I looked up at the time and I was like, wow, I'm out of time. So I didn't get get to spend as much time kind of in Matthew and then specifically on the application as I wanted to. So I am super glad and thankful that we can kind of work through this in overtime because I think that that's so important. And mm-hmm. And I, I think that I believe so much in it because it's what just happened to me. As you heard the example, I'm going, man, there was a, a lot of things that boiled up. And I'm going, yeah, but I don't know if they do this. And I don't know if, and it's like, does that even matter? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I mean, like looking back in my life, thinking about times where either we were struggling with money or like, we we're like, oh, like we have enough to pay, but like, whew, yeah. you know, like what if something else comes up? Yeah. Um, and, Okay, so like we will donate the ten dollars, but then later you're like, well, somehow I had enough. Yeah. So it was it there's it's always provided for, and yeah. and the more that you talk to God about it, I feel like the more that you you realize yeah. it because yeah. if you're not like looking back in my life and things happened, I didn't think God was in it then. Now as an adult yeah. and having a relationship with God and Jesus, I can look back and be like, wow, that's yeah. that's where that was, and. It's cool because somebody can look back on me and be like, oh, I helped her. Yeah, sure. And now look at what she's doing and yeah. she's helping right. just the same way that I helped her. Right.
0: One of the things that I, I thought about for a half moment in my preparation, but I knew that I was already kind of too far on content. So this is one of the things that would have, this was left on the cutting room floor. But one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was how faith and giving kind of it increases like to mm-hmm. the to the level of going when you grow up without much, mm-hmm. your faith, there's just something. Now, I'm sure that there's outliers and, and maybe this example doesn't hit for everybody. But for me, as I grew up, because I, I grew up, we were one income house. Um, it was six of us in that, that house. It was my dad that was working. My mom looked for work for years, but just with homeschooling and being a full-time stay-at-home mom, just nothing really fit that she could do. Like one income home. And I remember the, the seasons of difficulty that, they, that, that we went through. Now, I don't want to communicate like I was poor and I didn't have money, but I remember times where my dad was locked out of his job. He was, worked for a natural um, gas company in, in Rhode Island. And so the, there was a, like they locked out their workers because there was a contract dispute. And mm-hmm. so they didn't have their workers come in for the longest time. And I remember standing in food lines like at local churches yeah. and the Salvation Army. And, and it was in those seasons like there was always something neat. God always provided something. Now, it wasn't like filet mignon, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It was like day-old pizza, but I love day-old pizza, yep. right? Like, yeah. It provided nourishment <laughs> yeah. and nutrition for yeah. what I needed in that season and in that mm-hmm. moment. And what I recognize and realize is that, man, that really grew my faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My family lived for the longest time on paycheck to paycheck, or at least from my limited knowledge as a, you know, as a teenager, living paycheck to paycheck. But what we saw was that God was faithful. And there's something almost missed for somebody that has all this wealth and this this uh, affluence and this like you don't there's something almost lacking in that person that is almost I almost feel bad for like this sounds I don't mean to be belittling if that's what it sounds like. But I just some people have such a faith because of the challenges that they've walked through Mm -hmm. that I think sometimes someone with abundant wealth doesn't have that same determination or that yeah. grit or that knowledge of who God is, because they haven't experienced the same hardships.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think that there's something beautiful that happens. And again, this didn't really make the content, um, but there's something beautiful that happens in really trusting in God. So even if you're in a season where you're going, dude, I'm struggling going paycheck to paycheck. I can tell you from my experience with my family growing up, man, God is faithful. He always provided. Maybe not in the way and the means that we thought it was, but God always provided. As mm-hmm. There was times where the, if the church hadn't stepped in, my family probably wouldn't have had a Thanksgiving meal or Christmas gifts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, but there was never a time that I was lacking anything because God always provided a way even mm-hmm. when there seemed to be no way. Sometimes that was through my, my dad being able to work overtime and then there'd be additional income. Sometimes that was through people's generosity in the church yeah. and just supporting. Like so, That's you're right. what's
1: cool is that like for me, the, one of the first things that brought me into church was somebody from a church yeah. caring so much yeah. about me. And I was just talking to them about like just regular stuff, yeah. but they had the heart and compassion of God and Jesus yeah. and was like, to do something yeah. and help. And then yes. now looking back, that person is awesome and comes to this church <laughs> and it really showed me like, it's not even hard yeah. to do this. Yeah. It's a step and a, it's a next step for us, yeah. I think in our faith journey. And, yeah, and I, agree. I mean, it's a really important step too, because yeah. you literally don't have to be giving hundreds of dollars. Right, right. You don't, but I do think it's important to give away a certain amount of significant money right. to notice and to feel like, okay, this is for this other person. And this is going to help change them. And this is what God's wanting of yeah. me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I did want to tell you yeah. that. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like the mom tone just came out. I got scared like, oh.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I was cracking up with the dogs. Oh, okay? okay. And I literally was writing notes so that we could do this. And one of my notes, um, before you brought up, like, oh, I'm going to have to smell diapers or like deal yeah. with that, right? I had already written like horrible diaper smell <laughs> and like wrote down graphic things about <laughs> this diaper. Okay. I even talked to Dave about this, my husband. I'm like, what's the worst smell you've ever smelled? And he's like, yeah. well, why are you asking me this? I'm like, yeah. never mind. Um, but so. Um, well, first off.
0: Oh no! Did you really bring a diaper? She, when she said she had things, I thought that she just meant questions. But then she also alluded to like a bag, and I was scared. So yeah. please do not open that. I have not interested in smelling. Like Dogs use, a
1: use these, right? Like you use these to clean up dog poop, right? Uh, yes. Oh, the bags. Okay, these help with the smell. So. Okay. No, this is not a dirty diaper. Okay, I got really scared. It's a small diaper; doesn't fit the baby. We were about anymore. to finish the
0: stream, but thanks for coming. Bye.
1: <laughs> But I just thought, I'm like, you know, I completely get it. I completely get that you just get stopped in your tracks. And then this one's for you, Hope. I brought candles. I lost my lighter, but. um, Yeah. Yeah, this one's for you, Hope. No, I get it. Um,
0: Do you have a lot of pillows, too? Do you love pillows?
1: I just recently bought two new pillows and they're really good. Yeah, Dave's always like, "What pillow do you need? What which one? There's so th- many." I but don't I don't understand. I, not on my couch cuz my kids throw them. Yes. The less yes, the better because they're where putting their
0: butts there, right? <laughs> that's that's my point is that. So yeah. if you weren't if you didn't hear it on Sunday, you don't have to listen to all of the message just for this, but like I was using the illustration to kind of talk about like blowing off and just yeah. kind of the dispelling of mucus like Jesus compared that to the Pharisees and what they honored God is wants nothing to do with foul smell. And use this illustration where my dog exploded in a crate, I struggled so bad I've got a pretty ga- bad gag reflex like and I like and I was justifying like man I've really like come on Ben suck it up like be a man or I, I was trying to get myself in there like One day, if you hope to have kids, they will have diapers Mm. and it will smell foul. So get in there. And like, even with that, I couldn't like I was just like gagging and I couldn't stop. I was looking for candles. My love, my wife loves candles. And of course, the one and only time that I need a candle could not find a (laughs) candle anywhere. So I've got like half burnt matches everywhere because I'm like trying to light them and then blow it out so that the smoke would dissipate. Mm and so that was kind of the story. And I just talked about my w- wife's love of candles and pillows. And when she finally kind of came downstairs after my dog exploded in the crate and it was just pandemonium, she is kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what the heck is happening? And I like explained it. And she's like, just breathe through your mouth because <laughs> she's a registered nurse. She smells everything. Uh, and ew, uh, more probably. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to compare pair like no and so she just like goes about her business and it's unaffected and i feel like mm-hmm. i struggle to try and breathe through my mouth and i yeah. still continue to like, she
1: probably has to keep like a straight face too like she's just want to embarrass yeah, the patient right, then right. she's to clean up something right. she's just going she, and doing her thing so the
0: other day she started talking about i don't even know what it was called i don't know the medical terms i hope in 20 years to have an honorary <laughs> medical degree i won't but she talked was talking about like this patient that she had that it sounds like most of the internal testins and everything was like born outside in a sack mm. and mm-hmm. it was she started explaining and i was like please stop <laughs> like, i do not want to hear that like it was like <laughs> I, we were literally sitting down for dinner and this is dinner time conversation <laughs> for her and her entire yeah. family cuz they'll just talk about like dude i pulled this this thing out of somebody's ear and i'm like
1: this isn't normal.
0: Yeah, but but it is for them. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. sorry. That was so. I'm sure that my wife mm. will value and appreciate oh, that you yeah. brought candles um, yeah. to support her. Uh, yeah. um,
1: I could relate to that walk in. <laughs> I've walked into bedrooms and the kids in the crib, and there's poop everywhere. Oh gosh, yeah, it's bad. And when they're sick, like your yeah. dog, yeah. it makes it worse. <sighs> and then yeah, you're when she you said like you just breathe through your mouth, you, that. Poop particles go in your mouth. Oh,
0: no. We're no, talking was... about it
1: guys. He's gonna get you're gonna get pink eye. You gotta be careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but that's touch I won't touch my eye.
1: Well that's what oh. happens with babies. You can make sure you wash your hands and you're done. So huh. you don't get pink
0: eye. Yeah, so that I, that illustration I think hit home for a lot of people. Yeah. So cause I that day I did get a, like a text of a bunch of pillows on a chair. <laughs> Like my my wife hadn't even she was working on Sunday so she hadn't even listened to the message yet and so she's like included on this text message and she's like what and I'm like I talked about pillows yeah and candles this
1: is good this is Sorry. a relatable sermon <laughs> yeah. I like relatable people
0: <laughs> good well yeah oh, that's so great. anyway yeah. hopefully you got a kick out of that it was the again the point was to just kind of go at worst smell you've ever smelled that is the way that Jesus kind of reg, or God regards. What was exalted by the Pharisees? It's what they claimed that they were justified in the law is actually what condemns them, and that's where we get to verse sixteen, where Jesus is bringing that up. Like the reason that he talks about that, and see, we're doing okay on time. The reason he talks about that is because they are justifying themselves in the law, but it's it's just it's just lip service. They're not actually following the heart of the law. And marriage is the example of that. Uh, Um, let me just read 16 through 18. It says, The law and the prophets were until John. Um, Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And then 18 says, Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. So, it's, again, like, it feels disconnected, but... The the process that Jesus is walking through is that he is kind of correcting the Pharisees on their fault, like their their wrong thinking about finances and wealth, thinking that they're blessed because they have all of this stuff and they they do so well at the law that that's why God gives them wealth. And Jesus is going, no, you don't do so well because the law and the prophets you are missing. And here's an example it's in marriage.
1: And And that's disgusting behavior. Yes.
0: And it's, it is so like, as, as you read it, like with today's lens, um, obviously we've come a a long way. There's still arguably a long way that we have to go as far as women's rights. Right. Mm -hmm. But like in that time and culture, it would have been laughable to talk about women's rights. Right. Mm -hmm. Like women were nothing. They weren't allowed to testify in court. Um, They weren't like reliable. Like Mm -hmm. women were just objects and property. Like you mm-hmm. would buy a, a wife by paying it an endowment or um, paying, a, paying a feed to the father basically and, and then you're married. So a woman had no rights. She couldn't vote. She couldn't do anything. Like she was just a thing and a thing that would hopefully produce children, specifically sons, because mm-hmm. they were more valued. And that was uh, one. It's interesting to see that Jesus as he does his ministry, he, he I don't want to say lifts up, he elevates like women. It's not even that he elevates. He just shows actually the value that women has, mm-hmm. not elevates them, elevates them in the sense that society devalued them. But he was just pointing out the real value that women had. So as he's as they're doing this, women were just kind of there. And so these Pharisees actually believed that They couldn't commit adultery. So let's just say that a Pharisee sees a woman that they think is beautiful. Well, they're already married. They can't do what they want and go have relations with this woman because that would be adultery. But if I'm married, I can just divorce that person. If I'm the the Pharisee, I can just divorce them for no reason and then go marry this woman. In that way, it's not adultery because mm. I've done what I need mm. to do as far as the law. I've I, I've had a marriage and I've paid the dowry and I've done what I need to do. And God is going, no, like that. Mm-hmm. It, you have justified yourself in front of men, yeah. but in front of God, that that's adultery. So if you divorce your wife and that woman, somebody else marries her, that's adultery for them. And then if you do that and ha- and marry that woman, that's adultery. And so yeah. they are using this as an example of going, no, 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 we're, we're good. But Jesus is going, let me point out just one of the ways that you were completely missing it. Mm-hmm. The establishment of the family, of, the, of uh, husband and wife, is a sacred thing that Jesus established. It was what? The first established thing as we look in Scripture. Like man, Adam and Eve, husband and wife. Like that was marriage was established by God, and it was not to be disregarded because what looks good over there is better and more enticing than what I have over here. That was very clear, even in the Old Testament law, but they would disregard it to the point that they didn't care. Hmm. And so that is what was so, like for us, it's, I don't know, it it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Like,
1: and it's kind of, there's, again, like, just checking off, the, like, I yeah. feel like you're checking off boxes. Yes. Like, even now, like, with the giving, like, you, that's why yeah. I say, pray about it first and see where you feel led to do it. And I think that God is, like, that would, that's, like, also allowing the Holy Spirit to come in you and say, hey, yeah. be here with me while I make this decision and help be with me throughout the week as I hear maybe some needs pop up. Yeah. Um and then the Pharisees just the fact that like it's like you can just it's like a cop out. You're yeah. just like, Oh, oh, okay. And I now- can do this but I'm still doing it right guys. Yeah, I'm still right following the rules well,
0: what would you do if that was your kids right like oh uh, i did what you technically said to do oh
1: yeah
0: it's like oh no you're still in trouble oh they
1: right? don't like, they do that yeah they I'm, do that
0: yeah they do but yeah. are you happy with that no like so it's the same thing yeah. with the heavenly father of going yeah guys the you, motive like yes.
1: everything it's just yes
0: it's nasty it's, it's like it's greasy yeah. right yeah. you're Greedy. like ah oh, gosh yeah. it's like don't don't do that and mm-hmm. that's exactly yeah. what the pharisees were doing and it was it was all for show. Like they looked good in front of people. Like that's yeah. all that they cared about. And, and God is going, you are missing the entire point because mm-hmm. the law and all of the prophets was a way that they could show love to God. It was a way that God could even set them apart from other nations. It sanctified them and made them different. And so... They're missing the entire heart of the law, which was a way to love God. They were set apart not because they were so much better or so much special, or because they could play the game really well, but they were set apart because God loved them and cared for them, and they were in a covenant-valued relationship with with God the Father. Mm. And even that, like you, I could have probably spent time talking about that, like the serious commitment of the relationship between a husband and wife that needed to be more serious than what it was for for some of the Pharisees. And that also kind of was reflective of the relationship that these Pharisees should have with their father in heaven, where you wouldn't be concerned about like, if you're married to someone, you wouldn't be concerned about like, I just want to follow the heart of the law, rather than I just want to honor that person and love them well, like, there's two different motivations there. So I think that that's even part of what we see is even in this example of marriage. Jesus is talking about, you know, adultery, but he's also more than that, this commitment that really needs to be there. So Mm -hmm. I think that hopefully that explains kind of the law and the prophets um, that, again, it kind of it's, it's the response to the Pharisees, them scoffing, Jesus going, you're missing it. The law I'm fulfilling, but you are justifying yourself in it, but you're not because you're Mm -hmm. condemned by it. And here's the example. Yeah, so
1: it happens so much now. Like I just literally think about like so many times where you think you're, oh, I'm going to go do this because this is nice of me to be um, at this play date and talking to these moms. But are you real there? Mm. Are you being your true self? Like, do I look like the pottery barn mom today? do I? Today I might because I did my hair and I showered. <laughs> but yesterday, guys, I wore the sweatpants I wore the night before to bed. So, you know, it yeah. it's like we, we really also as Christians, we think like, okay, I'm going to Wednesday night. I'm going to Sunday. I'm serving. I'm doing yeah. this. But is our heart in it too? Yes. Like that is so important because we think, okay, I gave. I give. Or, or, you you know, oh, I already have it set up. It's just going to automatically be taken out. Maybe if you do that, maybe this application, you can't say, oh, I did it. Hmm. Pray about it. Think about where else that that you could donate at the holidays or whatever, a special important time where they're trying to get more. Um, And to be real, as I have also found, I have really genuine friends. The more Hmm. I'm real with them and tell them my brokenness and how I yelled at my kids or I wasn't a good wife this week or whatnot, then they're more vulnerable, open about it. Then we're talking about it and we're... You know, but if you're like the Pharisees, where you're just like, no, no, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm fine. No, oh, we don't do that at our house. We don't do timeout. Yeah. We don't eat McDonald's. We don't. I'm never giving my kid McDonald's. You're lying. <laughs> you're lying.
0: Well, I can't speak to the McDonald's one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Like, and even even in the Old Testament, like if the Pharisees that are in the New Testament look back, they can see even the selection of David, King David, right? Like, so Samuel the prophet goes to the house of, of Jesse, which David is the youngest child, but but Samuel the prophet sees Jesse's like oldest son, and he's like, surely this is the Lord's anointed. This is the next king of Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and God speaks to Samuel saying, you know, don't look at his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The things that the Lord looks at are different. Like the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah. And so even in that, like, the New Testament Pharisees had these Old Testament examples where God cared more about the heart than he did about the justification of that. Like, mm-hmm. even in, I think it's Malachi, it's uh, like, what does the Lord require of you um, to to live? Or I'm probably getting this all wrong. I'm, I'm mixing two scripture verses. Like, to, to live right, um, but also, like, does God honor obedience over sacrifice? I think that's, again, in... Uh, that's when that's what Samuel had said to King Saul that was the reason why Saul was no longer to be king and looked for it so it's god looks at the heart he's looking for obedience not just the steps behind it so i think that that's a great reminder for us of just going hey god wants god doesn't just want your finances josh said this all the time josh doesn't want your finances he wants so much more he wants all of you Right? Mm-hmm. He wants your heart. He wants your actions. He wants your attitudes. And really, that's what Jesus is kind of explaining and talking about to the Pharisees here. And then he uses what we're going to be looking at this week as an illustration, again, of really kind of the illustration of what we were just saying of how they're missing it. So mm-hmm. I think and he that, knows
1: our hearts. Yes, he and sees like, them. He knows our hearts and he sees them. So, guys, he already knows, yeah. like, get, feel guilty a little. <laughs> and, you know, like. You know, follow these things. I mean, it's it, yeah. especially when you don't know what to do. Yeah, here's the tools. Like, yeah. here are the resources, and if we're open to them and we follow them, then it, we will be blessed with them later.
0: What I feel like is so liberating is, like, it takes a lot of work and energy and effort to put up a facade, right? Mm-hmm. To try and fake it, and I, I say this because I feel like for. For the longest time my testimony is basically I went to church and I did kind of the Christian thing because it was my parents faith and I was supposed to do that but then there was a season where I didn't want anything to do with the church but I still lived in my parents house so I pretended at church and away from them I kind of did whatever I wanted to do. And it was exhausting after like three years of doing this. I was just so sick Mm -hmm. of playing this game of trying to pretend like I looked good when I really wasn't and I was really jacked up. But I pretended in church that I was the good kid and could answer all the Sunday school questions. It's exhausting to do that. And what is so liberating for me is that when I recognize that God is not looking for a fakeness and it doesn't mean that I've got it together. I'm still really jacked up. But God loves me in that state, and mm-hmm. I don't have to admit or pretend that I've got it all together. He loves me enough to to accept me as I am. He wants better for me that he's hopefully, I'm moving in a direction that would bring him more glory and honor. And I think it's incremental steps, like small little baby steps each mm-hmm. time. But that's that's the liberating part of that, yeah. of going, God sees me already. He knows And he's okay. Yeah. He loves It's
1: relieving. Yes. Like for me, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I just grew up Catholic. I grew up not really knowing much. And once I became like around like 30, I really started like learning and and, um, educating myself and and listening to things to, to really learn and hold it in. And the longer that you do that, the more you're like, okay, this is rewarding. And the more you're vulnerable and say like, oh, I am so messed up, the more people are like, oh, me too. And then you're like, oh, you're not fake. You're really actually a really normal person. I've had so many friends that I've actually butted heads with first and not got along with them. And now they're some of my best friends because once you're vulnerable and open and real like God wants us to be, then, you know, and then people that aren't Christian can see that and they're like, oh, they're not like... The stereotypical like yeah. Christian, what people like to think that Christians are, you know, yeah. we are really broken. You're right. <laughs> and
0: I think the reality is, is that especially kids, teenagers today, man, they can sniff that out. Like, authenticity, yeah. they can sniff out from <laughs> a mile away. Yeah. Like it, everybody's oh. jacked up, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're around somebody that pretends that they're not, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. get me out of here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's completely fake.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think that's probably all the time that we've got. Yeah, we're just at an hour now. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us, Molly. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you for for being here for this. Um, If you have any questions about anything that we talked about or just in general, you can email us over time at clcfamily.church. You can text us 610-869-2140. We'd love to have any questions. We love when you interact with us. Thanks to LK for the question that was sent in today. Hopefully that answered it at least well or decently. But uh, let us know if you have any questions. And we hope that you guys have a great week. We hope to see you back on Sunday as we wrap up Luke 16 and as we start a brand new series called Parables. Kind of. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming, everybody. And I'm going to cue this very fun music.